I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Everything great, Andrew. What about your side? We've got freezing rain here in Oklahoma City. Wow. Don't know what to do with my dog. And uh, similar to probably how the NBA players feel is that they're going to start their season basically tomorrow. Yeah. They just got done. There's, there will be, we've, we've had some, we've had the word hiatus a lot in the, uh, in the NBA recently. And I, I don't think we'll be seeing that word again, at least for the time being. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a surprise to me because I mean, I, I thought, well, maybe January, maybe, I don't know, early January even, or, or Christmas day. And then the date is three days before Christmas, which is, Awesome. I, I love the idea of not having to be uh, somewhere in August watching the NBA, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm on board with the idea of getting August uh, as a month where you can actually relax, make whatever 10 days of vacation you can have and just and just chill. But But it's great that we have the NBA right now. I mean, great on one hand and probably for teams, it's it's a bit tricky to get everything done in... What is it, like 58, 59 days? Yeah. I mean, the, the NBA draft and the start of the NBA season is a month apart. Yeah. Which means no summer league. I mean, essentially, like these rookies, I feel bad for them because they've had to wait around for so long. They don't know who they're playing for. They don't know what their future holds. And then once they do, it's okay. Figure out a place to live. Figure out who your teammates are. Figure out what your coaches want you to do because you're starting real games in a month. Yeah. I mean, the turnaround is going to be outrageous. And the turnaround for like the Lakers and the Heat, I mean, for the Thunder, I don't feel sorry for the Thunder or teams like that. They've had a lot of time off. But if you're the Lakers, it's not like, Two weeks ago that the finals ended? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... They get a little over two months, which which is fine. I mean, for yeah. a regular job, you'd be like, two months off? Great! Exactly. But it's different. It's just, it's a different... It's different for the NBA. They have to... When you're a month out, like, you're basically going full bore. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... And in, even in terms of athletical preparation, like strength training and everything else, like messing up with your preparation is actually very bad for uh, your health situation. So uh, I, I, I'm not pretending to be any expert here, but um, my my brother is a professional athlete, like a real athlete. Um, and and we talk about his, his like athletic regimen and what he has to do. And he says, well, if I lose two weeks here, I probably lose tens of seconds in my performance in July. 
and he's like uh, he does the 110 meter meters hurdles so he's, he's a runner mm-hmm. but it's that tricky to get in perfect shape when you want if you mess up with the schedule so I get that two months seems a very long period, but the way in which you prepare for a full season is is tough. And in the summer, you do certain things uh, with a certain temperature outside. You can do a certain kind of like preparation work. So it's not super easy to say, well, it's two months, who cares? They have time. Well, yes, but also uh, it's it's probably different. And if, if you have a super duper trainer like LeBron James, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, who cares? I mean, you'll probably be fine, especially because you can take the season a little bit slower. Uh, but if you are a draft prospect that doesn't know where to be uh, because, I mean, there's nothing um, – you don't probably even have a good agent. Like if you if you are a top ten pick, then probably you can you can find agents that that pay everything for you. But if you are like a late first round pick, without the certainty of an NBA contract, it's tough for you now to find a trainer and someone who pays for that. Like all of these things to has to be taken franchise. into account. Yeah, you better be going to a good franchise. I mean, if you're, especially if you're, a, if you're a young guy and you're picked like 33, yeah, you better, you better pray that you get a good franchise because, for the most part, you, you may be figuring all this out by yourself on the fly. Yeah, but the league office informed the board of governors that the projected value for teams and players with a December 22nd start versus a later start is more than a 500 million dollar difference, and there's your reason why. And yeah, is exactly the reason why they want to start as soon as possible. And they also want desperately to get back on just the regular October to June schedule. And it may be pushed back to like a November to June schedule and you just pack it in a little bit more. Uh, this, this next season is supposed to be a shortened schedule, mm-hmm. 72 games. And this is all why the Thunder have to tank. They have to. There are lots of reasons why they have to. This is just one more reason why you have to tank this season. You have Chris Paul's value at an all-time high. You have Dennis Schroeder's value at an all-time high. There's going to be no fans. Yeah, They do have fans. It's going to be a limited number of fans. You can still sell out the Chesapeake Energy Arena or whatever they're going to call it. You can sell it out at 5,000 people and you can say, we have sold out the arena for 12 straight years. You can still do that and tank. You can yeah. do both. So you have to. I mean, I'm, I've been a little bit, oh, you know, it'd be good if they did, but if they don't. With this news, because I thought, okay, they're going to want to get fans and seats it may be important to pack the house for them and to have a, a decent team. Yeah. Totally get that. Go. That's, that's fine. But now you're going to start on December 22nd. Fine. I mean, it's, it's going to compact things and you can really take things one way or the other with, Oh, there's so little time. Some, some team is going to panic and trade for Chris Paul and give up way too much. Right. Or there's so little time, teams aren't making moves. Teams aren't willing to do trades until the season starts, until they see what they have. And so you, we may not see a Chris Paul trade until January or February. 
that's certainly possible, which makes the whole tanking thing a lot more difficult when you have one of the best 15 players in the NBA on your team. But over overall, I think that it's lining up even better for the Thunder to tank and to to go for a top five pick in this next draft. And obviously, this next draft is supposed to be a really good one, which is even like, there's just so many incentives like stacking up on top of each other that just say the Thunder need to tank. They need to go for it because it would almost feel like a year and it, it will. It's going to go so quickly, and it's going to start so quickly that it's almost like a grace year for this team. You know, they can they can tank this year, and it really probably maybe maybe won't even feel like it. Yeah, you have a lot of people that won't even be able to watch the games because of all the local TV crap that's going on. If you have Cox Cable, great, you can watch the Thunder. If you don't, maybe you can't. The Thunder yeah. are like, oh man. You don't get to see Nader average 17 points per game this year. That's a that's a real that shame. is that will be glorious. Like to watch <laughs> Nader taking 20 shots. Uh, by the way, um, you're not supposed to advertise the NBA or and whatnot. But if you are an NBA fan, just just invest a little bit of your old, not a little bit, a good chunk of your money, and and try to snag the lead pass because. Mm-hmm. It is it is the best way to watch basketball. Sometimes I got asked like, uh, what would I what do I do in order to get better at watching the NBA? Well, first of all, watch the most NBA you can. Like it doesn't matter if it's your team, if if it's not your team, and the league pass is getting better. They're even trying to to play with some like video game kind of stuff like the the odds of the shot going in um you can see the numbers the probability of the shots going in depending on the player and the position stuff like that it's it's just a great viewing experience and like next season you probably should try to get it and, and see if um especially if you have like problems of blackouts and cable and whatnot um apart from that back on the tanking slash trading cp it's curious to me that when I hear about the media um, outlet, uh, The Athletic, ESPN, like whatever, Zach Lowe, um, it seems that a Chris Paul trade, when they talk about general trade, they almost never discuss CP3. Almost as if there is something already lined up. And, and when they discuss I like other trades. It's just, yeah, it doesn't really match. Makes too much, make too much sense. Like to trade CP3 to the to the Phoenix Suns since it's going elsewhere. I don't know. Did you have this impression, like listening to 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 general podcasts? Like it seems that he is already gone and gone somewhere specific. I don't know where that is, but it seems likely to me that there is some information out there that a trade between the Thunder and another team is already being prepared. And as soon as they can do it, they will do it. Yeah. And that could be as soon as Friday, by the way. Yeah. They're trying to open the transaction window by Friday. So I, I get the impression that there will be trades available for the Thunder to make. And I would be surprised if there wasn't a really good one. That's, I guess that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
I, I, I go back to, let's, let's even talk about the value um, a little bit more because uh, last week we, we made these few trades here and there with yeah. good to great return for OKC. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, if, if you get just the first round pick for Chris Paul and not too bad salary uh, in return, it, it, might, it may seem a little bit, I don't know, disappointing. But if it you might. go back, yeah. no, yeah, well, I mean, I'm talking like a late first round pick, like say okay. pick 2022 from yeah. like the Mavericks, the Mavericks pick in 2021, which is yeah. probably not a good pick. Yeah. But if you, even if you like stop for a second, like rewind to July 2019, like we already got a good amount of assets for Chris Paul. Plus, we got a playoff year. Plus, we'll get another first round pick. Mm-hmm. So, so I don't care. I don't possibly care about the outcome. Well, if it's the number two pick, Awesome. Like, I would be super jacked because, I mean, you, you, you could get, like, James Weissman, uh, Lamelo Ball, uh, Therese Ali Burton, whoever. But if you don't get that and you are still able to compete for, this, for a top pick next year, this is how I will, yeah. <laughs> I will name tanking from now on, like, competing for a very good pick. Yeah. And you get value. I mean, that is something that should should be discussed every, every single time we, we think about Chris Paul and a trade for Chris Paul. I don't care if you, if you get like Taj Gibson, uh, Alfred Payton and the Mavs 2021 pick. I, I don't possibly care. It's, it's a super nice trade for me. Yeah. Number eight will be better. Maybe, maybe. And the difference between the two drafts, I mean, you could get a really nice player at 21. Yeah, exactly. We, exactly. I mean, it's hard to say. This draft too, like you can get there's there's good players. I mean, somebody I think Sportsman four hundred five was talking about Desmond Bain and the Thunder trying to get him. Like, like he's a good player. Yeah, he, like he's an he's a nice player. He's he's a little old for the Thunder. Um, yeah, twenty two. He's but he is the same age as SGA, so I don't know if that starts to matter at all. But I think really what it. It's not necessarily being the same age as SGA. It's just having a longer runway for their development is what the Thunder yeah. have. And if you can get yeah. them at 19, 18, great. We have, there's more formative years for their development for us to, uh, to take into account. But yeah, I, I think the Thunder's mindset as far as a Chris Paul trade or as far as any of these trades, Schroeder, Adams, any of them, is to just maximize the value for that particular trade just with blinders on on what we've got otherwise. Because if you look at the treasure trove of assets around you, you can be like, yeah, whatever. But they're they're very much like laser focused in. Their blinders are on. And they're like, what? We're looking at Chris Paul only. What is the maximum amount that we can get for this guy? And I think they're going to push. Yeah, of course. Sam is going to push. And it's because there are no guarantees in the NBA draft, not even at the top of it. I mean, OJ Mayo was a guy that everybody looked at since he was 12 years old and thought, this is the next guy. Prepare yourselves, NBA. In six years, there's going to be a superstar coming your way. 
and he gets to the NBA, or he really gets to USC, and you're like, oh, that's that's the guy. That's him. Oh no, this is not this is not him. This is not the real guy. He still goes really high in the draft, even though he didn't have a great year at USC because of that reputation. Yeah. Uh, and he's not, and he wasn't the guy. And you have guys like yeah. Russell Westbrook, who nobody knew who he was. Yeah. And then he comes out and he's a superstar. So you just don't really know. Like we're, we're projecting this draft. We're, the closer you get, the more you can project. But we're still a year out from the 2021 draft. Maybe less than a year out, really, from the 2021 draft. And you still, we don't know. We don't know what these guys will be. Even a year after that, we still won't know. Yeah, <laughs> those exactly. Guys will be. So we're projecting, and people. <clears throat> Excuse me, people project eight guys that are franchise-level players in that draft. It may end up just being three, but you just yeah. have to make sure that you get one of those three. And if you don't, then you have to go try again. And if you get these, and if you get multiple cracks at it, like that's that's why he wanted so many picks from the Clippers. That's why he wanted so many picks from Houston. You have the picks from Miami. You have your own picks that you get to control the most. You got to have as many cracks at it as you can and to get a superstar, to get really multiple superstars. If you want to win an NBA title, which the, the Thunder's aspirations are to win the NBA title, they want to bring the Larry OB to OKC. And they, you have to have superstars, multiple superstars. Yes. The Thunder almost did it. They almost did it once, and they're going to try to do it again. And this time, their starting point for a rebuild is unprecedented. There's never been a team to start a rebuild, and they haven't started yet. The minute they trade Chris Paul, like that's when the clock starts for the yeah. rebuild. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, I don't want to give uh, the impression that I think Presti will sell low on Chris Paul. This yeah. Is- this is absolutely not what I'm thinking here. But take the, the last trade window uh, after the All-Star, during the All-Star break of 2020. Yeah. Um, they had probably a trade lined up for Gallinari. And that trade was probably not good in terms of assets. Yeah. Because I, I, can possibly, I cannot possibly think that the only um, uh, like point that, where two teams were stuck was Gallinari's salary for the future. Gallinari's salary for the future becomes important if you have to sacrifice a, like a huge asset, if, asset if you are Miami. Like if I'm asking you to remove the protection in 2023, yeah. then probably you want, ask, you want Gallo to commit uh, at your own terms and not the ones that he wants. Yeah. Otherwise you do the trade anyway. Yeah. So, so and there, in the, at that moment, Presti probably thought, well, if, I, if the, the thing that is on the table is a protected first-round pick, probably if I want that pick, I can get that or slightly less with a sign-and-trade. Now, with CP, I don't think that he will use the same kind of strategy. If he can get a pick right now, or if he can get a trade right now, and it's not the best... I don't think he will hold until the next window. I think he will just pull the trigger and say, well, the, the advantages they get in not having him here exceeds 
way more the extra value that I might get in in February. Because if Gallo, again, back to Gallo, if Gallo uh, was to be injured right now, yes, you lost probably a protected first. Who cares? But if Chris Paul gets injured from uh, Christmas to the All-Star break or whenever the next trade window is, your his value is like zero and you will have to pay the luxury tax. This is something that I don't think OKC can, can allow to happen. So I, that's why I'm saying, well, prepare yourself because maybe if, if you have just one team that is interested in, and that team is New York, probably you don't get the number eight pick and you just get like a low level pick, 2020 or whatever. And so I, I think that OKC will, will push to move in even if the, the outcome of the trade is not super great, especially because you have a, like a short window. I'm not saying that he will shop him. Like, I don't care about the, the return. Preston will not do that because from a negotiation standpoint, this, will, it, this is a disaster. But internally, I think that if you, are like, if you have like two hours and it's either 20, MAFs 2021 or nothing, it's MAF 2021 and you go for it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And I don't know if the Thunder feel this way, but I definitely feel this way, that they they can't afford to not tank for this next season. They just can't mm-hmm. afford to not do it. I mean, we, we, I called like another word for tanking is superstar hunting. You can't yeah. afford to go another year of not superstar hunting. You can't, af- they, I mean, to me, they can't afford to do it, especially when you're given what I call a grace year yeah. where no fans can come to the arena they're likely to play here again. That's, I mean, I don't, I mean, Michelle Roberts was not, she, she didn't beat around the bush when it came to what's going to happen next year. She, they, she, we asked her, Sam Amick asked her on a pod that I produced if they were going to play in a bubble again. She said, hell no. <laughs> that's what she said. And she said, that's a quote from her players. It's yeah. not going to happen. So yeah, and you have examples. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go you ahead. have examples of, of other leagues that are kind yeah. of making it work right. through adversities, of course. Uh, the NFL is doing it. Mm-hmm. Like in Europe, soccer is like that. You have teams with outbreaks and you just postpone mm-hmm. for two weeks. It's hard. But like with basketball, it's probably more sensitive because it will be more like a bigger problem because you have to practice inside and that will create more problems. But I'm sure 
that a league with the power of the NBA will will make it work. And and back to the overall topic about next season, I think that also this can be in thunder favor because if you want to limit travel, you may construct the schedule in such a way that you stay in your conference more than in previous years. I don't know if you will face all the teams of the Eastern Conference twice, for example. Maybe you face some of them at home and some of them um, on the road, but not twice. I don't know how they will construct, but if one of the, uh, say, guiding rules is to to reduce travel, then it probably makes sense to play, I don't know, uh, 16 games, 15 games against the other conference and all the rest against your own conference. And this means for OKC having a much tougher schedule, which is great for star hunting purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's true. I know there's just too many reasons out there that say you have to do it. You just have to. It's a, it's a must to get a top five pick. And then it's interesting because like the Thunder's pick situation for 2021 is they have Miami's pick, but then mm-hmm. they also have Houston picks a Houston pick swap that they can also use with Miami's pick. Yeah. And so you can that will be interesting because I think it will certainly the Thunder will be the worst of the three. So you yeah. can go ahead and put the Thunder's pick back. But if things don't go well in Houston, let's say the new coach isn't the right guy for the for their squad. And they in and Miami is Miami gets somebody big and they get much better. Then it's not necessarily the Miami pick you get. You could get Houston's pick, which could be like the 18th pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, would, yeah. And if you do get the Mavs pick, you could have three 18, 21 in a very, very good draft. Yeah. In which you could. Package them, maybe? Package, yeah. You could package the two later picks and get up and get two top 10 picks and maybe even use a future draft asset to incentivize a team if you if you wanted to and say, we'll give you three picks. You can get two picks in this draft. We'll give you another pick in the future and we'll, we'll have the fourth pick and the ninth pick. Yeah. Or the first pick and the ninth pick. I mean, there's just a lot of... There's just a lot of ways you can do it. And that's that's why Sam negotiated all these picks and all these pick swaps. Like, ah, oh, what do you what do you want to pick swap for? Well, Houston could implode next year. Yeah, and, and I mean it's just one to four protected. Am I reading this right? Yes. Just so, one protected. Yeah. So it's if you are not a playoff team, which is unlikely for Houston, very, very unlikely. Like yeah. I'll put that in a maybe 5% uh, or something like that, because anything can happen. Uh, and if something happened to one of, well, well, to James Harden, then next year you can probably miss the playoffs. Then it's a, it can be the fifth pick in the draft. It can be the sixth pick in the draft, something like that. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not sure how the, probably not because the, the way in which they draw the, the picks, it's just one, two, four. Well, whatever. Uh, it, it's, it's, it can be even better than 18. And, and yeah, I mean, um, 
And if you can package them, well, who knows? Maybe you get two top 10 picks and it will be hard to, to move up in a, in a good draft. It's always hard to move up in a good draft, but it depends on the incentives. It depends on the team that holds the pick. Maybe you have something that they value more because yep. they, they, they are in, the, in a different phase. I don't know. And, or maybe it's fine for OKC to pick four players next year or three players. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, yeah, that is also going to be a thing. The Thunder are going to start running out of players a little bit when they trade. Yeah. They'll get players back in trades, but if they can get a favorable deal like like a New York deal and guys expire, then yeah, you're going to need players. And I don't think I, – I know the Thunder don't want to have just a team full of rookies and sophomores, and they don't, they don't want to do they're, – they're not going to be dissimilar to what Philly did. But I don't think they're going to do what Philly did, where it's just like we we just a complete disregard for team chemistry for, uh, for any of that for having good people on the roster. Like who cares? We just want to make sure that we just want to cycle guys in and out as fast as we can to see what we've got. And if we don't like them, we're just going to throw them to the side. And if we do like them, great, they'll stay, and we'll try to give them the you know the least amount that we can. And you know, that's there will be an element to that, but I think there will also be elements of we want to have it's, – that's why Steven Adams may stick around. Steven Adams may stick around for multiple reasons. One, I don't think that he's tradable at this point in time. And then two, like he's just a tremendous person, tremendous locker room guy, a guy that you want at least guys to take a, a sliver of what he's got as far as work ethic and – how he treats his teammates and what he'll do for the franchise and what he'll like, he'll do whatever the coach says and guys will look up to him. And yeah. so I, I think that he's a guy that if you could re-sign him next off season, like a four year, $40 million contract or four for 44 or whatever it's going to take. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that 10 is outrageous for Steven. I don't think, I think, so. That- I don't think so either. If you're Steven Adams, are you really getting more than that over four years mm-hmm. in this NBA? I mean, it's unlikely. It's very unlikely. And if you want to, to cook up a, like a feel-good deal uh, because you value the player and you value the things that he brought to your team for uh, his entire tenure, um, then I think it's fine. I mean, four for forty. Yeah. It's it's probably fair to to everyone. Yeah. Well, and, and draft James Wiseman. Let's say the Thunder got the second pick from the Warriors in some kind of trade. And they draft James yeah. Wiseman. You know who's going to care about Stephen coming off the bench when James Wiseman's good enough to start, or if he ever not Stephen Adams, not Stephen. It's going to be us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of a Nick Collison role that I think he will yeah. enjoy being in, like the the veteran that allows for a certain culture to uh, to create, like to stick with the team and and just be helpful to the young buds. I think that he will thrive in that role, even if the encore production is not the same. I mean, and if you have like your sixth man, seventh man off the, like the, the guy, the second guy off the bench that produces like Steven Adams, because if you play him 25 minutes, he will probably have a very good production. Now, I wonder if this is what you want to do in 2022, 2023, having a traditional big man that plays right. that, um, that kind of minutes. But 
still, I mean, it's, it's probably what I would do, like offering a deal that is above the, um, the mid-level exception, but not too much. But wouldn't you love it if Steven was just a thunder lifer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you have to find, like, you have to find the right deal. And probably the right deal is something starting at 12 and ending at 8. Yeah. That sounds pretty good, especially for if we're going to spend any money. Yeah, and the, the total amount is the same. Like, you do 12, then 10.5, then 9.5, then 8, something like that. And it's still 40 millions, but mm-hmm. the, the cap implications are totally different. Because when you have to extend Shea, you have Steven's salary already declining. And when you have to extend Dort, then you have like even less. So, yeah, no, I think that, that makes sense. I, I'm, I'd be excited about that, honestly, if Steven were to sign a long term deal that, that got him to stick around. And even having. Not necessarily that he would stick around forever, but having a deal that's worth $10 million available for trade, Stephen then becomes valuable, right? Yeah. If you have him in like his last two years, he's making $8 million bucks. Like, wow, that's, yeah. that's, that would be tremendous value for a team. Because Stephen's not old. I mean, it feels no. like he's 33. He's not 33. He and the same age. He and, he and Nader are the same age. This, this feels wrong every time we say it. I know, I know it's right, but it's, it seems wrong. And, and by the way, uh, right now, there is no real center that is imposing enough where you need a Steven Adams on the court. Um, right. Unless probably Jokic, and maybe if he finds a better pick and roll partner, Joel Embiid. But I don't know, That's maybe... Anthony Davis? Yeah, Anthony Davis is a is a different beast. I mean, I I, I think you can try to guard him in different ways. Uh, I think that if the Lakers were to play Anthony Davis strictly as a post player, they will harm themselves. Sure. So I think that a guy like like this will sound extremely stupid, but bear with me for a second. A guy like Baisley will be okay. But like being the defender of Anthony Davis, not really guarding him, but being the type of guy that you put on Anthony Davis, like a 6'9", 6'10", guy, mobile, that can switch pick and rolls and being close enough where he contests the jumpers. And if Anthony Davis was to power, overpower him uh, on the post, who cares? I mean, it's, yeah. again, if, if it end up, ends up being... Anthony Davis beating you in the post and you lose the series that way. Okay. That was the same idea that you could have for Steven Adams against the Rockets. Like if we're, we're fine if we lose that way. And Anthony Davis is not a post first guy. So I'm not worried against Jokic. Probably you don't put a guy like Baisley and you need a guy like Steven for at least 20, 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know, maybe in two years, in 2022, 2023, we get, like, maybe the will be that guy and you need to have a Steven Adams because yeah. it, it, it is possible that next year Aiton becomes the force that everyone thought him being in college. And maybe the first one pick of the Suns will be less bad since they, don't draft, they didn't draft uh, Luka Doncic. Who knows? 
And if that happens, having the luxury of having a Steven Adams on a reasonable deal, maybe not the best deal because there are centers that take less and have similar production, it, it can be really helpful for your team. Yeah. Because in, for, in three years, OKC may be ready to do some noise. I don't know how much noise. It will probably depend on Shea's development and on the 2021 slash 2022 pick. But yeah, that could align really well for Steven and for OKC. Mm-hmm. Lots of interesting things that need to happen for OKC. So within less than two months, it's possible that the Thunder hire a coach, select somebody in the draft, maybe more than one somebody in the draft, make a Chris Paul trade, make a Dennis Schroeder trade. Possibly, I mean, Stephen Adams isn't isn't like totally off the table. I know we just talked about how they could keep him long term, but that's not he's not completely off the table. Uh, sign and trade for Gallo, and this could all happen. Yeah, in six weeks. Yeah. So uh, buckle up. This may be one of our last Monday pods where we're just talking more hypotheticals and stuff that's happening in the future because uh, I, I do believe that there's going to be some real things to talk about with the Thunder uh, in the upcoming weeks. So uh, make sure you follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for $1 a month. That offer is going away soon. So be sure that you sign up because it's not going to be around forever. Hope you guys have a great day. If you're in OKC, stay warm. And uh, we'll talk to you. I guess if you're anywhere, stay warm. Sorry to everybody else in the world. Everybody stay warm. (laughs) Hope you have a great day. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.